This is Working Tech, where we talk about how tech can work harder so we can work better. Because hardly working isn't an option. But if you mess up recruiting, if you just fail in recruiting, all that other stuff gets harder. Succession, performance, compensation, learning, keep going with all the other things. They become harder if you don't get recruiting right. So we kind of look at it as instead of recruiting being different than HR, separate from HR, recruiting is marketing and all that other stuff, we kind of see it as recruiting is the center of HR. Hey, everybody. This is Kevin W. Grossman, creator and co-founder of the Working Tech Podcast and one of the co-hosts. Myself, along with co-founder and co-host Bill Bannum, welcome you to our new series where we'll talk about all things tech in the working world around us, including HR, recruiting, and related technologies. Our guests will include those who make the magic happen so we can all work better. Enjoy this conversation I had with William Tincup, president of Recruiting Daily, writer, speaker, advisor, consultant, investor, storyteller, and teacher. William, thank you so much for being on Working Tech. First of all, tell us a little bit more about Recruiting Daily and what else you're doing these days. Yeah, you know, Recruiting Daily is a lot of fun. It's my first foray into the media side of business. And I know your background, you've done a lot of this stuff before, but I really wanted to kind of have this uh, in my background and to understand kind of how where the media plays and kind of how they play. Uh, recruiting Daily was born out of recruiting blogs. And really, it's it's a it's a site for all talent acquisition, all people that care about hiring. Uh, and so that kind of bleeds over into HR in a lot of ways. And it's a media site of, of unique content. So it's, you know, it's not a site that has aggregated or curated content currently. Uh, it's really kind of focused on unique articles that you see first there and then elsewhere, hopefully. Um, and, it's, and it's a lot of fun. I, the worldview of Recruiting Daily, and, and especially myself, I guess, in alignment with William, a uh, third person. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to weave that in. That's all right. Is, is that recruiting is the center of HR. Insofar as if you get recruiting right, the things that happen out, out elsewhere in HR are easier to deal with. But if you mess up recruiting, if you just fail in recruiting, all that other stuff gets harder. Succession, performance, compensation, learning, keep going with all the other things. They become harder if you don't get recruiting right. So we kind of look at it as instead of recruiting being different than HR, separate from HR, recruiting is marketing and all that other stuff, we kind of see it as recruiting is the center of HR. You got to get it right. That's why... I really ask HR pros that really aren't talent acquisition specialists to also pay attention to hiring and to hire, to pay attention to what's going on, the trends and things like that, so that they uh, learn via observation, but they learn to get recruiting right in their organization. So Recruiting Daily is doing well, and uh, and it's a fun ride. You know, one of the things that you that you just touched on, and I say this a lot when I'm talking talent board and candies, uh, goodies and t- candidate experience recruitment, all that. We, we talk, we always focus so much on the external when we, when we think of recruiting, at least we've talked about that way in the space a long time, but a big portion of it is internal mobility as well. And the one thing, you know, this and the companies that a lot of companies I know that we both talk with hopefully get it is that you have to constantly re-recruit to retain. So that another reason why recruiting is the center of HR. That's right. Absolutely. So listen, you, you and me, we're both, we're old dogs in the space in the HR recruiting technology space, right? We go way back. And so just kind of high level in your mind, what's changed and what's remained the same from your experience? 
So I, I think that, you know, some of the people that, that we've known through the years, you kind of see them pop up in different places, which I think is nice. You and I have done a lot of different things just in our small or uh, tenure yep. in space. Uh, I like seeing that. I like seeing people that stay in this space. So I, I kind of like the uh, the folks that have a 30-year career in this in this space, this intersection of, of you know, technology and HR recruiting. I think the, the thing, the changes that I've seen, is more that it's happening faster. So like when I tell people, I have a Google, literally a Google spreadsheet that I've keep track of all the different products in the space, not companies per se, but products in the space. And it's almost to 23,000 now. And, and so when you kind of think about like worldwide breadth and depth uh, from apps, you know, wellness app in Spain, all the way to SAP, pers- you're, you're going to find that it's all the world's oceans combined mm-hmm. is, is really how broad this space can be. And so you can kind of narrowly focus on one thing, you know, wellness or, or internal mobility or reference, uh, you know, employee referral technology or whatever, or you can kind of scan the whole thing like a George the Rock. You're looking at a lot of different things and trends and technology, but it's just happening at a much faster pace. Like literally yesterday, I looked on Twitter and seven new companies that I had no idea who they were followed me on Twitter yesterday. I had no idea that they even existed and pop. Now they're following me on Twitter and now I'll follow them back and I'll start to kind of get to know them, etc. Right. So that part, that, that wasn't like that in, in 04. That, that wasn't like that in, you know, in 05. It, we, we probably had 100 vendors that we really kind of tracked and kept track of. But now I don't think any one person can keep track of the entire space. I think that, and I don't know if it could have happened then, but it was believable in 04 that one person could kind of have, like Bill Kudyk, could have the hands, uh, the fingers on the pulse of the entire industry. Uh, if we believed it then, which I think I did. Uh, we can't believe that now. Exactly. You know? It's just that that's shattered for us. I think the other thing that I'm, it's probably the same, and I'm probably still disappointed with it in some ways, is that we were really conservative in marketing. We're still very conservative in marketing, even new companies to the space. Um, they kind of go down a, a very tired and poor path of being very conservative, lots of blues, lots of grays, very conservative language. And most of it's, you know, HR is very conservative. And it's like, yeah, um, not so much once you get to know them. A. B, if everyone markets the exact same way, then how do you stand uh, out? How do you get people to pay attention to you? Which most of the companies that you and I know, they struggle getting attention. They struggle being known for something uh, and being extraordinary at anything. So I, I wish that that were different, but I, I think you see a lot of the same things I see. People market in much the same way that they did in the early 2000s. They do. And you know what? You know what? And we could have a God, we could have a whole other show just about that. But the last comment I'll make on that is that I, I've noticed that there's a lot more folks from outside of our space that are coming into on the marketing side in our space. And yet, I mean, there's some exceptions to that rule, which, you know, again, we could have a a whole another show and talk about those, but let's shift a little bit and talk about, because you've got some pretty, pretty amazing content that's, that is articles that are shared, written and shared on recruiting daily, some amazing voices, your own, Matt Charney, many others that are part of the recruiting daily, daily family. What, what are some, you know, one or two key hot topics today in talent acquisition and HR that you guys are talking about on Recruiting Daily? 
Well, I think employer brand and, and kind of where employer brand, it, what it is, it's matured over the time that you and I have interacted with it. Uh, and a lot of the work that y'all do at uh, Candidate Experience and the Candies is actually kind of push this dialogue around employer brand and recruitment marketing. So ironically, we started kind of from something of, hey, what if we treated candidates really well? What if we, <laughs> you know, communicated with them uh, in a normal way and not so much a not normal way? Um, it's also pushed the dialogue and recruitment marketing and employer brand. So a lot of that is where these things fit. It's almost like video interviewing came to market in uh, in about 08, 09. There was only mm-hmm. a couple of players. Now there's a you know 200 players that do some type of form, uh, some form of video interviewing. And and I think we're still very early stage with where these things fit. What's the line? How how does one go about best practices as it relates to treating candidates? As it relates to a brand, where where does brand fit? Where does it not fit? What are the elements of a great recruiting brand uh, and employer brand? And and how do we then go about marketing? Like because you're a marketer and your background's in marketing, you know that the marketing automation folks, the Eloquas of the world, Marketos of the world, that's been going on for almost twenty years now. It kind of dates us. So that's been going on for a long time, but yet that best practices hasn't been pulled over into HR and into recruiting as much as we thought it would be today. So we're still kind of early uh, in those areas to kind of figure out like, where does it fit? Like, you know, it's not an established, it's not an established bit in so far as people know exactly what an employer brand, like if you ask 12 different experts, what employer brand is, you would literally get 12 different answers. Mm -hmm. And until that becomes six different answers, four different answers, there's okay that there's people see it differently, but, but not so differently that one can't create a standard. And right now we're, we're lacking in some standards. So there's a lot of dialogue there. And I think if I were to say the other category, which is a lot of scare tactics, really, because marketing can be broken down to fear and greed. And this is more of the fear stuff of AI, NLP, machine learning, bots, you know, how these things are basically going to replace everyone. And, and I think we're very early stage on all that. So a lot of it is fear-based. And the AI uh, discussion is more or less a discussion of, hey, we're going to teach these things to do an action and then we won't have to do the action. Well, then we're searching for what, what's our value? Where are we still relevant and important, which is very early stage. That's even more early stage than the employer branding recruitment marketing discussion. Like that's, that's been going on for a couple of years and it might take another decade for that to suss out, but the AI stuff, that's even more early stage. Uh, and so there's a lot of fear, a lot of discussions that it's real, like for people, it's not real for me, but it's real for people when you talk to them, cause they're like, they're terrified that somehow the machines are going to take over. And I, I just don't believe that. And they're not, and they're yeah. not. And you know, listen, I came into this space at the end of 99 taught with a company, with a startup here in Santa Cruz, where I lived that touted talent communities and artificial intelligence at the end of 99. Okay. Now a little bit, a little bit early, (laughs) a little bit early in the market there. But the point is, is we have been talking about it for a very, very long time, but no, it's not. In fact, one of the things, thank goodness that I see the actual applications today of AI and bots are actually, they are, they are starting to help enhance the recruitment process, but they're not, they're not displacing 
individuals. In fact, if anything, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes, it's, it's helping to actually improve the overall candidate and employee experience because it's freeing up the professionals to be to really focus on the human side of their experience. And another thing about the marketing side, the you know we talked about how we're still seeing a lot of marketing being done like it's the early 2000s. At least we're getting talent acquisition into the 2000s with marketing. I mean, and and, and, and I see that I see that all the time where when I'm we're doing workshops and and just working with a lot of TA leaders and their teams, they they are starting to get it. They are starting They're partnering with marketing, at least internally on the corporate side. And they're starting to think more like that because it is competitive. So the tide is turning there. But, yeah, the bots aren't taking over anytime soon. So I'm with you on that one. Let's talk about. Speaking of technology and bots and all that good stuff, what technologies, we touched on a couple of different things, recruitment marketing for one, what else should talent acquisition leaders should be looking at to really improve their recruiting process, efficiencies, et cetera, today, and that's going to give them that edge? What, what should they be looking at today? So our love of volume on both sides, candidates applying to a thousand jobs a day and us telling people internally, hey, we had 10,000 people to apply to a job, which is good that they applied. But the folks that we want to spend time with has to be a much smaller number. So how do you get to the point where you're like, okay, we now have this to 50 fantastic qualified applicants. So it's the screens. It's all the stuff that you put out in the process. So sourcing the talent and doing a better job sourcing the right people to then get your message. CRMs being able to deliver that message. And then all the different screens, the behavioral screens and assessments, the skill testing assessments. I like with technical people, I think the more technical you can screen somebody in and out, get you to a better quality candidate down the road, which Again, a lot of that technology that you see out there, like I would say like, good gosh, I'm trying to think of one that, well, like Workshape is a great example uh, out, of, out of London. So this is a technology that essentially asks technical people, software developers, two things. What, what languages do you want to learn and where do you want to spend your time? So two things. What, what languages, where do you want to spend your time? And then ask recruiters, what languages do they need to know and will they spend their time with and how do you want them to spend their time? And then it does a match between those two things so that you don't talk to people that want to spend most of their time in Ajax and you want them to be spending their time in Pearl uh, as, a, as a bad example. But basically, you, you don't even waste your time. Yeah, they have all the things on their resume that makes them a fit, but they don't want to spend their time that way, which makes them a bad fit. So talking to them, you're not going to convince them with money or perks or you know an employee slide or something like that to work a different way so like things like that tools dis, dis, you know discrete and disparate tools like that that help you get to a higher quality number but lower so that you can do the human uh do, do you can do all the human touches that you need to and vet them so you use all the technology to do all the hard science stuff that basically helps you get to a lower number, high quality group of people that you can then do all the human stuff with. So any technologies that help you do that, um, which again, 23,000 different products. So there's all kinds, it's not for a loss of products. You have, you have products on products on products, as someone would say. I think the, uh, the other two hot areas 
And I, I kind of call them the, you know, the, these are the holy grails of HR. And one of them is employee referrals mm-hmm. and the other is internal mobility, which you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And, and solving those are holy grail issues. So two companies on the employee referral side that have come to market in the last couple of years, like Teamable and Simpler, they go about employee referrals in a different way. And so they basically connect your social uh, of your employees. They go through a process. They find different candidates, match, and then ask you, hey, Bob, looks like a great match. Would you be interested and could you introduce if you feel like Bob's a good match? You know, like, like, it's, like it's a lot of it's done with tech, but it's done in a different way. It's permission-based. It's just very cool. So, so solving those are very hot for talent acquisition because the, the internal mobility or re-recruiting and making sure, because, again, internal mobility is uh, it's, it's kind of what, why that's an important topic today is candidates are asking two questions. Under 30 candidates are asking two questions primarily. One is, uh, what's next? So imagine you and I, we're about the same age. Imagine you and I 20 years ago interviewing for a job and then during the interview saying, hey, what's next? I can't imagine myself 20 years ago no, asking that question. Because the question was, what's now? That's right, right? <laughs> right? right? Just, but, but that's not the game today with people under 30. They want to know, yeah, I totally get it. You want me to do this? I'll be successful. Nine, 18 months, do this bit. But what's next? What's after this? And recruiters aren't great at having, because the companies aren't great at, generally speaking, the companies aren't great at internal mobility. The recruiters aren't great at having a discussion around internal mobility. So had a a defensive position where we're not great. A, B, they ask, what skills are you going to build upon? So candidates under 30 are asking those two questions, both of which recruiters aren't great at answering. Right. Because right. the companies aren't great at those things. So we got to get kind of the house right and get the companies to really fix those things and understand those things because we're going to have trouble recruiting that talent if we don't fix what they're interested in. If we don't, exactly. If we don't learn how to re-recruit to retain them. Mm-hmm on a regular basis. And that is the what's X. Yeah. What's always, what's now what's yesterday. Right. William, mm-hmm. what, what happened yesterday? That's right. Speaking of again, better candidate employee experience. We, we've touched on that a little bit as well, but I mean, I, I see this, th- this is something that it continues to be more of a differentiator for companies and them leveraging, not only their, their internal processes, their recruiting teams themselves, the HR folks, as well as the technologies, this consumer based approach. I know it's a little, it's hack. We talk about it a lot, but it's but it really is true. Because right, because I know our data at Talent Board, and there's other data out there that that kind of basically supports the same position that this all of everything you do impacts your brand and your business. How you treat everybody from external candidate to internal candidate to current employees, and it's going to impact your business for good or ill will. And taking that a better approach. Are you, I mean, again, it's not just, we're not just lip service, right? No, no, not at all. So, so I used to think, and this is probably a decade ago, but I, I thought that user adoption was the end goal. So getting people to use software. And what I learned through just, you know, a lot of uh, exploration is that uh, adoption is a midway point to satisfaction and love. And so, so the goal for a software company is an, is, an, is an adoption. The goal is to get users to love to use the software. 
and that user love, that user sentiment, that user satisfaction, call it anything you like, but the, it's a choice. The technology stacks that we have available to us, we choose to use those tools. And, uh, and, and so they're not just solving problems for us. We're going to be spending hours upon hours of our lives in these tools. So, so I, t I tend to t talk to people and say, listen, you know, Apple has done us a great favor by creating, you know, um, the, you know, the uh, iTunes and letting people go in and, and the Apple store and letting people go in, try something. And if they don't like it, delete it. So the way our brains have been kind of morphed over this time since the, since the, uh, the iPhone has come out is that we, we're looking for things to work immediately. Technology works for us, not against us. And so when we download an app or a game or whatever, we download it, we look at it, we play it or do work with it. And if we don't like it, we delete it. So that trend in consumer technology is bled over to B2B technology. Mm hmm and so someone can so go out and get a great sourcing tool, let's say, and drop it on the sourcers. And the people that will use the software are generally speaking the people that love it. They're, they become advocates and they go in and they'll kind of look beyond some of its failings if they truly love it. Like, oh, it doesn't run that report. Well, so what? I love the top. I love the software. It's only when you don't love the software that you really start looking at those things. Like, well, I don't run this report. It's not connected to that thing. And, oh. Right. Well, you know, that's when you start looking at that is because you already have decided you don't like that software. Right. Exactly. You're not, you're not happy. You're not fulfilled. So I think all of the things that we've learned in consumerization of technology is coming to our world. Slowly, but it's coming to our world. I think the, the technologists that are the, the better apt to take advantage of it are the ones that kind of already see that as the end goal. I want to get people to love software, love using software, not feel like they have to. So it moves in that in your mind. It moves from have to to want to. Right. So like you and I are very social. So like there's there's apps on your phone that if I told you you couldn't ever log into again to you know ever. You'd, you'd be really disappointed, like physically disappointed. I'd cry. What do you mean? Right? I'd cry. I'd so, have tears streaming down my face. Right? So right? Why, why isn't that the goal for payroll technology? I know. Performance I know. management technology. Right. So, exactly. so yeah, it's, your data is, is spot on. It's yeah. absolutely, it's, it's going on and changes is happening. It's just happening at a slower pace. It is. And we're going to party like it's 1999. So listen, you obviously have been working really hard, William, and, but what exactly, if ever, you're doing when you're hardly working, if that's the case? What, do, what does William like to do outside of the world of work? <laughs> outside of the world of work, I got a couple of things. So I, I, I did it, you know, kind of like everyone else. I got to a point in my life where I didn't have any hobbies, didn't have a, you know, per, you know, any type of personal life or any of that other stuff. So I went back to one of my hobbies that I had as a kid, which was coin collecting. So now I spend, uh, you know, a day or so a month just doing coins, which, you know, it's kind of a geeky hobby. I would definitely admit that. Uh, but there's just something, uh, just something that's always kind of been there for me in coin collecting that no other hobby has done. The other thing is, you know, being married for, you know, 23 years, uh, you know, having a good wife, having a good partner in life, you know, uh, my job is to make her laugh. I do a pretty good job of that. Um, and just spending time with her, spending time with my kids, uh, two boys, 11 and seven. And uh, man, I, I'm trying to slow things down. 
I'm not trying to speed up. I'm not looking forward to next year. I'm not thinking about their next birthday or right. whatever. I'm thinking about today. Yep. Today, when they get home at 1230, you know, how can I interact with them? And uh, what do I want to teach them? You know, there's things in my head that uh, it would have been nice if somebody would have taught me at an earlier. I learned them. But I learned them at a later stage in life, and it would have been nice if I'd have had a little coaching. So I'm thinking about that stuff. And I guess lastly, uh, my brothers and I, we all went in and bought my grandmother's uh, lake house uh, down in Belton, which is about uh, yeah, about 40 minutes from Austin uh, for context. And it's a place where I used to go as a kid. So I used to go down there and get in trouble and, you know, <laughs> make, make bad decisions. And, uh, and so my kids get to go down there every weekend and, you know, do the same thing, make bad decisions and get in trouble and all that stuff. And my brother's just recently bought a boat. And so it's, it's, a, it's a fun family time. You know, it's a way to disconnect. It's a way to kind of go and be around my family and, and do fun things. And it's also kind of, you know, it's, it's also kind of reliving some of my youth. Right. On a lake where I spent a lot of time. And uh, so that's, that's, you know, that, that, uh, that heals all the other wounds. <laughs> oh, amen, brother. I hear you on that. Amen. Lastly, how do we learn more about recruiting daily and everything you're doing today? What do we do? You know, we're, we're easy to find on the internet. Uh, I think Matt, Noel, and Ryan have done a really good job of just, you know, just trying to gather some, some uh, opinions and put them out there. Uh, RecruitingDaily.com, obviously, Twitter, Facebook and all that type of stuff, but it's, it's because it's a media play. It's, it's actually, it's actually pretty reason, pretty reasonable and easy to find. Sure. <laughs> Excellent. Well, William, listen, thank you so much. I look forward to, to seeing you in person again really soon. And thanks, Absolutely. For, being, thanks for being on Working Tech. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Kevin. We'll be back with more Working Tech soon. Until then, be good and work better. Brought to you by ReachWest Media and the HR Gazette. Working tech rocks. Because hardly working. Say it again. Because hardly working. One more time. Because hardly working. Because we know. Say because hardly working isn't an option. Because hardly working is not an option.